probably have this up on Friday, Gomer. That's the dream. Can you just give me an example of like what you mean by your Catholic bubble? I mean, I know we uh, literally all... our friends from college. Well, I yeah. get that, but like, how how would something that we say be? I mean, I guess maybe. I don't uh, expect to get too offensive, but is there anything? No, I mean, I, I mean, I won't be. I mean, no. I'm I'm really not easily offended anymore. So <laughs> no, it's um, no like what what I mean by that is just uh, um. You tend it tends to be the same people over and over again talking about the same things, mm-hmm. and so well, buckle uh, up, guys. A, <laughs> yeah, I, so I I think it's good. Like if you go to any of you know any Catholic conference now, any like really big event, it's kind of the same group. Now it's a pretty big group, but it's still it's that like same group of people, and so and it can kind of become um, a bit of an echo. Chamber, so yeah. I'm just so I'm I'm always um, pumped when we have people on the podcast that really aren't uh, connected into our like little part of the world. Yeah, okay. if that makes sense. Okay, Coolio. All right, so, we're ready. Cool. Um, do you want to start us off, Gomer? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Catching Foxes. Today we do something interesting. We talk to Protestants. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. you're not we kidding, have, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not kidding. Uh, my go- yeah, that was downhill fast. Um, no, so today <laughs> today we're going to talk with uh, a very interesting couple. I'm going to let you all introduce yourself and this wonderful website that you guys have created that drew first Luke's attention, and then uh, I hopped on and, and watched the, the very lovely video of you two on that uh, homepage. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, you know, Brad, I guess if you just guys want to start and share a little bit about your your story. Sure. My sure thing. My name is Brad Farley. With me is my wife and co-founder of the website, Kelly Farley. And I hope that you can excuse my frog-like voice because apparently um, God thought it would be funny if he struck me with a little bit of a rasp for a podcast interview. Seems to be a perfect cocktail there. Nice. Um, <laughs> but we we live in Lexington, Kentucky. And we've been here for a little over two years, about two and a half years. But we've been together, started dating back in early 2009. We first met in Cincinnati, Ohio. Shout out to the, oh, the Queen cool. City there. Oh, yeah. Um, spent, what, seven, eight months there. And then went up to Cleveland for me to finish my engineering degree for a year. And then went to Florida for four years. Realized, what the hell are we doing down here? And ended up back in the Midwest, in Lexington, Kentucky. So well, we, we had a child down there, and we realized that it's not the place to raise a child. Yeah, so if there's any Floridaites that are listening to this, we Sorry. apologize not to offend you. No, no, they, they know who they are. They yeah. know We're just who being honest. Are. Different strokes for different folks. Um, anyway. No, Florida is wrong for everyone. <laughs> so, I mean... I like, I'm trying to find a joke, but I but everyone always groups Ohio with uh, with Florida, so I got nothing. I'm sorry. Yeah, go I, on. I guess I got the, the worst of all possible scenarios there. Um, so, um, but as uh, our journeys as individuals and as couples have been anything but a straight line, and we'll probably dive into that here very soon. We but, don't want to scare you off too soon. Yeah, we gotta we gotta warm you up first. Um, Got to buy us drinks first, and then, and then we'll talk. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Got to tell you all the good things before we get to the bad things. But our, our relationship in Christ um, as Protestants, as non-Catholics, um, has really kind of evolved over the past year. And for much like a lot of people, it seemed like 2016 just sucked as a year. And ours was no exception. So it was a very difficult year for us. And looking back, it's easy to think that it was God's way to tear down um, tear down some false house of cards that we had built for ourselves so that we could rebuild ourselves in his image. And that's really one of the main drivers be, uh, behind our site, the Modern Testament. And we'll get into what that is here pretty darn soon. But ultimately, I think our story is about brokenness, humility, uh, and redemption just by grace and grace alone, would you say? I would have to agree with that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny if she was like, nope, it's all my works. Works, works, works. No, that, that is not what I was thinking at all. <laughs> Works-based righteousness, la, la, la. I'm going to go in another direction. <laughs> I'm going to push back a bit. Um, no, no, that, that's pretty much about it. I mean, um, you know, it really depends on how nitty-gritty you want to get into this because there's – there's a lot of details about just how big of a jerk I was for many years of our relationship and how it affected her. And well, let's kinda... just say that we are pretty open. We're honest um, about if you ask questions, we'll be honest with you um, because yeah. we kind of that's kind of how how we're still sitting here together right now that's is right. because people were willing to share their nightmare stories with us and to show how God worked in them to create something even more beautiful. So if if somebody listening hears our story and is like, wow, that sounds so much worse than mine. If they can do it, <laughs> surely I can do it too. So um, Misery loves company. I know that sounds terrible, but I mean, really, like, like talking to other couples who have walked through things similar or worse or on a different spectrum... Um, um, but also just as severe, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of comforting to know that you're not alone. Yeah, one of the things that I do um, at my church, I'm the coordinator of evangelization, which mostly just means uh, I work with adults a lot. And I always joke, there's a line from Andy Stanley who says, um, no, no one ever walks by the pastor's office and says, hey, just letting you know, my marriage is great. I thought you wanted to know that. Like, it's always like, oh my god, everything's over. It's all ruined. She left me. She's gonna keep the kids. Like, all this stuff. And I always, so I tell people like, every so often, just stop by because there are enough um, divorces due to pornography, uh, uh, adultery, prostitution. That was my my very first time someone ever came to my office for counseling. Was the guy said I uh, pornogra- a life of pornography viewing has led me to prostitution to hire prostitutes, Ooh. and I was like, oh, okay, I need an adult here who can help me with this, and, uh, <laughs> and then I realized I was the adult, so that was really scary, because <laughs> I was in youth ministry for years, where, you, you know, some kid says, like, they're suicidal, you comfort them, and then you tell their parent, and your pastor, and, or a police officer, what, and then you're done, you know, like. Mm-hmm. I did my job, I, I did my part, <laughs> yeah. right. now I must I go. I all around. Yeah, I literally looked around my office when he said that. I like looked over my shoulder, and I tell people this all the time. I literally was looking for an adult to tell, and I was like, "Oh no, it's me! It's me!" So, oh, shoot. Oh, it was that yeah. guy. Like, what are you looking for? <laughs> a way out. A yeah. way out. 
my youth. Okay, so like, what? Um, like, can you guys? Uh, t- let's just kind of like s- um, start from a bit. Like, what's your faith background? So I was confirmed as a United Methodist in junior high. That was kind of the thing to do with my friends group. Um, my church, my family was a casual Christian uh, family. We would go to church. Um, once a month, sometimes more if we were in a hot streak, sometimes less if we weren't. Um, but definitely kind of like a casual Christian kind of a setting and um, not something that we, I don't think we really talked about much as a family, didn't really get into it. Um, as I got into high school, I started dating a girl that was um, very, her family was very religious, very, uh, very Christian based. And um so I started to get deeper into it just in that, but still trying to, or still essentially living the high school life. Um, by the time I went to college, it's not like I stopped believing, but I just completely turned away. You know, it. I wanted to live the stereotypical frat house, animal house kind of life. And, and, and it started to, that really planted a seed in me that um, unfortunately, kind of impacted the beginning of Kelly and I's dating and engagement and early marriage. Unbeknownst uh, to me. Unbeknownst to her. <laughs> so, and then basically um, when 2000, it kind of just went on that way. And uh, when we had our first daughter, Emery, when we had her in 2013, um, that's when I kind of shaped up my my behaviors, my attitude, knowing that there was something more on the line. But spiritually, we've still, I still what really wasn't connecting back into it. I'd pray, I'd talk to God, but it it wasn't devout or it wasn't sacrificial in any way. And then when 2016 came along and um, we went through very difficult times, which we'll get into after she gives her background, um, that's when I, like I alluded to, I was torn down and have since been built back up in a much more fervent, much more passionate way. So... So that's me, and that's why I'm how I'm here. You want to take over? Um, I was. I'm glad you guys. I hope you guys are sitting down. I was raised Lutheran. Um, <gasps> I know. Bum, bum, bum. Well, my mom. My mom. Wait, was wait, re- wait, wait. I've I've discovered that Lutheran means many different things. Were you ELCA? Were you Missouri Synod? I was Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. There it is. And that's my. Mom. Um, <laughs> my my mom was raised Catholic, and uh, very. My mom's family was is very Catholic, and like very just like practicing and not just saying, "Oh yeah, I'm Catholic." But they, anyways. Um, so my mom, I don't know why she converted to being a Lutheran, but that's how I was raised. I went to Lutheran school from first grade all the way to twelfth. It was almost. I think I took it for granted a little bit. I. Um, it was always there. You had to take a religion class. You had to go to church a certain amount of time. And I really didn't get what I wish I would have out of it. Uh, we didn't really talk about it at home. We didn't pray before meals. Um, my dad only went to church with us on Christmas. Um, later in my life, he got he actually got confirmed um, when he was like in his 50s or 60s. And um, But anyways, when I met Brad... Um, I remember making a comment, and I used to, we were not, Lutherans are not very evangelical, we're not very, we don't really talk about it in public a lot. We just practice it, if you will. And mm-hmm. so 
I would call, and I regret this now, but I would call people who were really um, vocal about their faith. I would call, I would say, well, I'm not like a honk if you love Jesus kind of a person, you know? Um, <laughs> and I remember Brad taking offense to that, and I didn't know at the time that he took offense to it. But later he did tell me that mm-hmm. that made him a little upset. But to, to be honest, it, it is new to me to go and tell people about um, my beliefs and and why? Because it's embarrassing that I was a Lutheran, raised Lutheran in a Lutheran school for 12 years, and um, I don't have the ability to reference um, proof in the Bible. Like, if you ask me a question, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, let's look in this book. Over here it says this. And I'm, I'm just not very good at that. Um, I know what I believe. I know... I know why I believe it. I just have a difficult time articulating that. So I guess that's kind of why I, I don't know, this is a little bit new for me, talking about it to other people. Um, you know, does that make, I guess it looks like this to my husband, it's a little bit like of a, of a new thing, but this is new for me. So it feels good, but um, it's new. Yeah. So, you know, that happened. We kind of went to church a little bit in Florida and then, we moved and things got crazy. And once we moved into our house, we found a church. You can see it from our house, and uh, and we've been going there for the past two years. That's right. Cool. Awesome. Um, so, like, um, what was the um, event or uh, um, events that happened that brought about your website? Like, what? What was the big thing? It's just like, I went to crap. Well, um, we should probably go way back in time, no, but I'll make it. I don't want to get too detailed. Yeah, I'll, I'll get brief. I, I tend to get too detailed. Why don't we start from where I made my huge mistake, and we can pedal backwards. Okay. Does that make so, sense? Yep. So um, February, I think it was February 14th of 2016, um, I was in this hot shot job. Uh, with a tech startup in Lexington, Kentucky, something you really don't find. So the fact that I had this nifty director title and it was this really awesome tech company, uh, I just thought I was going to be the bee's knees. And and we'll kind of get into my background on on who the type of person I came in or I became because of that. But um, I come home one night, pretty late from work, I'd say about 6.30 or so, and I walk in the door and we have two daughters. Emery is three, Harper's one. And um, they were still in their rooms. I could hear them like up there crying and, um, and all that. And, and so when I uh, walk in, uh, I find Kelly asleep on the couch. But next to her is this bottle. And she, as I startle her awake and she's trying to get her bearing, she's trying to hide this bottle or whatever. I can tell she's trying to hide something that looks like a bottle. And Anyway, so um, to make a, a already long story short, that was kind of like the seed that got planted that there was something wrong. There's something bubbling underneath the surface. And then the next day, um, I ended up getting fired from this job that I thought I was going to be the, the bee's knees at. So... In a 24-hour period, I discover that my wife is hiding something from me, and I get fired from my job. So I have this complete collapse and um, redefinition of who I am and and how I measure myself as a person. And then what it it ended up happening is because of all that extra stress 
and the angst that it put on both Kelly and I, that actually drove her to continue drinking more, which ultimately ended up in an even more cataclysmic event. Um, Let's not go there. You don't want to go into that I don't one? Go there. Okay. Well, um, but basically, the, the, the premise was that Kelly was making very bad choices with alcohol in the presence of the kids. And, um, and so we, we came to this crossroads where I wanted nothing to do with her. I didn't want to work on this marriage. I didn't want to worry about her problems. I just worried, wanted to worry about myself because I was unemployed. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Here, my, my home life was collapsing and falling apart, and I was getting pretty, pretty angry about it. So um, that, was the, that was the beginning of our, our downward slide in the, in the uh, beginning of 2016. And um, fortunately, we had a church group that was very supportive of us and kind of helped bolster us through. We had some great senior leaders in the church that really helped us out, but we were just beyond life support. We were flatlining. And... Um, Ultimately, what we ended up doing was agreeing to go to a marriage intensive um, uh, to help save our marriage. Let, let's pull over for a second. Okay. <laughs> so as I am one of the adult leaders had turned me on to this uh, ministry saying that um, something terrible had happened to a friend of hers. Their marriage basically came back from ashes. And I said, what does ashes look like, you know? So I looked at this website and I was like, oh, wow, that's terrible. You know, that, that's terrible. If they can fix them, surely, like, we're, we're going to be okay. So I'm begging Brad just to go with me to this marriage intensive. And I come inside and I'm like, all right, I, I, we need a decision. Like, are you going to go to this with me? And he's like, I just, I'm not worried about being able to forgive you. I just don't think you're going to be able to forgive me. And I was, I didn't know what was going to happen. I kind of had an idea. And then he drops the bomb. Right. So, um, as a this, we're going to briefly go back in, into my childhood. There, I was always like a a nerd. I was always um, a really good student, but never one of the popular people. Never one of the athletic type. And so, I always was jealous of those who were popular or who people wanted to be around. And as I grew up. And I started to make a name for myself professionally. And as I got into like these, these you know, prestigious schools and programs and, and prestigious you know, leadership development programs at a Fortune 50 company, um, I began to define myself by, by that. And not only that as my self-worth, but because I had been you know, rejected by all the girls in middle school and whatnot and high school and all that, um, I really sought the attention of women for self-validation. And so for the first four years of Kelly and I's dating, engagement, and early marriage, I routinely was unfaithful to her, uh, all, all behind closed doors or behind curtains, whatever analogy you want to use. She, um, she had no knowledge of my transgressions, but there, they, were, they were multiple, they were uh, pretty frequent enough to be, I mean, any part of it, any frequency is embarrassing, but it, it's, it was really bad. But I always justified it that I could never tell her that, that it was like my self-righteous cross to bear because no relationship could ever survive the, the kind of uh, treason that I had conducted. And then when, especially when Emery was born, our oldest, I knew I definitely couldn't tell her. 
because it, it actually went into her pregnancy. The pregnancy, and right? I think that's kind of what that stings the most. Um, that stings a lot, but yeah. um, I feel like he would have. It's almost like if my downward spiral, um, if that never would have happened, then he never would have told me. And mm-hmm. he probably would have just, um, I mean, it, it just kind of festered. I mean, it kind of, it made you different. Like, you're definitely different now. Um, we learned at the marriage intensive that whether I knew or not, the enemy was coming at me. Um, and he was using the drinking as a way to destroy me. And, and like, that was how he was trying to break me down. So to tie some timelines together, I've got these years of, of low self-worth that I chased after women to try to fulfill, and I have years of hidden infidelities that Kelly knows nothing about, and then when, we, when I finally stop those but then hide those for, for a couple years, now Kelly starts to go into this descent of alcohol abuse, and I kind of see this as my way out. Like if, I, if we can just end the marriage and I can start fresh as a, with a clean slate. And I, but I just, because I knew there was no way I would ever be able to live an honest life with her. That was until, back to the night that she referenced earlier, she's begging me to go to this marriage intensive because she feels so guilty for her drinking, for some of the decisions that she has made. She is just looking for a lifeline. And then I agree to start reading some of these testimonies from people who had come from uh, who had been through the intensive as well. And, you know, not raking sins or anything, but people had really come from very dark places, uh, individually and as a relationship, and they were making, they were flourishing. And that was the first inkling. Those testimonies, those Christian testimonies, were the, was the first time I honestly thought, maybe there's a chance that I can come clean too. And I figured if we're going to spend the money and the time and the effort, logistics, to leave the kids for an extended weekend and go down here and uh, go down. Back exactly, to Florida. Back to Florida. How ironic <laughs> is that? Oh, no. I <laughs> know. Um, oh, I thought it was bad enough, but Florida. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. But, hey, that's, you know what? That's the real tragedy here. <laughs> 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 and, and so that, it was that night that I came clean with four years of, of infidelities and multiple, multiple instances of it. And it was a difficult night to put it as politically correct as possible. Um, I honestly, I don't even, I was sober, like let's keep, but I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I remember not getting upset really. I I wasn't as upset as I thought I would have been in a situation like that, but I don't remember it. I agree. I think you were just in shock. Like, I expected to be stabbed or something, and I was not stabbed, fortunately. But um, I you meant metaphoric. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sometimes. <laughs> but you were in a you were in a state of shock. So, so we go down there. We go to this marriage intensive. She can I just knows, point? Can I just point ahead. one thing out? I, go ahead. I, it, this is the thing that I I get like blue in the fla- face yelling at people over that when when people are honest with each other, like. I'm sure that you had lots of shame from the alcohol and the, you know, like the story of. I don't even want to share most of it with you. It's still, I can still right, hardly right. think it. 
But the amazing thing about this is your willing, your willingness to confront it in this marriage program, the weekend intensive thing, your willingness to do that, your being vulnerable and saying, I need to do this, gives him space to overcome or at least show you his own woundedness, right? But the thing is, it's it's almost like your mutual self-destruction, like, made it okay for you guys to do this. You know, it's it's almost yeah. it's like I feel so guilty and shameful, it's all my fault. And then you're like, well, it's not all your fault. Surprise. I have this yeah. whole thing that literally has nothing to do with your drink. It's like the, you gave me your brokenness, now I'm gonna give you mine. And because you both I mean it's a pretty extreme circumstance, but because mm-hmm. you both were able to confront with honesty, that's where at the first steps towards healing could even happen, you know. So, right. bravo on actually because you yeah. could have done you could have done what men do that I work with sometimes who are like, yeah, I'm going because of you, you know, and just keep that hidden shame mm-hmm. continually mm-hmm. hidden, you know. Well, I mean, truth be told, it's not like I just you know immediately hit the ground running and like this awesomeness. I it was several months of me. I mean, we got divorce attorneys involved. We, I was sleeping in the other room for a while. There were some just, you know, terrible arguments and words and accusations. So it's not like I was this epiphanous person that was, um, you know, like, oh, I got this all figured out. It, I mean, right. it literally took, I think ultimately what it took was me getting back into the Bible. And with, and the funny part about it is I've started reading it. Um, with the intent, because I never read it cover to cover, but I started reading it with the intent to pick out things that I hated about the Bible, reasons to be mad at God. Like when, mm. when Aaron's sons were, are killed because they burned the wrong incense, or somebody touches the ark and they get vaporized. <laughs> I mean, I, I would just, and I still have this list on my iPhone and like the little notes app of things I don't like about the Bible. And I was tracking these things so that I could justify to myself that this whole God thing is stupid. And I wanted to do that because I wanted somebody to blame but myself. I wanted that self-justification that I was just in a screwed up world. I made some bad choices. Um, but, you know, halfway through, uh, before I even got to the New Testament, it kind of broke me down. And I just remember in one of those cliche scenes, you're just on the floor crying, praying to God. How did I get here? How do I get out? What, what do you want me to do? And then that kind of shifted my frame of reference, which then kind of laid the groundwork for me to finally come clean in addition to all of her brokenness. Well, if I'm being honest, too, um, I feel like uh, he lived through my um, epic failure. He lived through it, and it was, I can't imagine it was easy. It was like falling, I was falling apart before his eyes, and, um, and I just, I'm still dealing I'm mm-hmm. still trying to work on it because it was like mm-hmm. I didn't even know um I, I remember one night he said to me um I'm really glad I can trust you again and I said I said oh, I'm I'm glad you can trust me again too it feels good for you to actually hear you say that and he uh said well I hope you can you can trust me too or I hope you I'm glad you can trust me again too and I said well honestly I just don't know what it's like to not trust you because I uh I truly do believe that he was being honest. I mean, why would he lie? He's told me all of that and answered all of my questions. But um, um, I truly believe that he was being honest when he said it has not happened since, 
you know, such and such date. Um, but during the time, I, I had no idea. So I don't even know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it doesn't even feel like it's real sometimes. It just changes her whole history. Yeah, it just everything. changes everything. Like walking by pictures in our hallway today upstairs. I'm like, I have to take that whole frame down and redo all of those pictures because I can't even look at them anymore. Mm. You know, it's just, it does change everything. Mm. Um, it's yeah. tough. Um, and it's not like it just goes away and we, you know, we had this great idea for a website and, you know, we're all of a sudden 100%. Um, I appreciate you guys saying that was nice of you guys to say um, your kudos to us, but it still is, I mean, it was only, what, seven months, no, eight months ago? I mean, that's still Mm -hmm. super fresh, and we just Mm -hmm. know that um, there was just no, I mean, what are we going to do? You know, this is this worth it to keep going? And, um, And of course it's worth it, and we have two beautiful children. Um, so much good has come of our from our relationship, and I feel like the good times are are were very genuine. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. He just made mistakes. I made mistakes, and all along the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's really interesting because I think that um, I'm about. Um, so I got married about uh a year and a half ago or so congratulations just about that oh thank you still new yeah yes still new but it's it's so hard because like you bring all this baggage and i think there are times where i am like addicted to this idea of like well just act like this bad stuff just doesn't happen you know like it didn't happen um and that this isn't hurting me right now or that i couldn't like screw up again and it's i think it's very tempting to just want to walk away from or not sorry that's the wrong word um to not like confront your pain you know or Mm -hmm. your like you know like issues that you have and and, and just think oh once we have a kid this is going to be fine or like (laughs) i'm once i'm an adult this is going to be fine you know like once XYZ, whatever happens once like star wars episode eight comes out everything's gonna be fine (laughs) yeah you know, and yeah. it's just, and like what, what I, what I think is so great about your, about like what I'm really hearing about your story is that um, it's like all these little itty bitty like things that are like, like turning like big things mm-hmm. that are you know still being healed. Like it's not like over with yet, but is it ever really over with until we die? Right. You know, and just- and. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. I'm sorry. Well, it just, it's like the choice you have to make, you know, um, you have Mm -hmm. to choose to forgive. Um, you have to, you have to choose that. It was something that I, you know, if you would have asked me, um, a year and a half, two years ago, well, what would you do if so-and-so told you that, you know, he was unfaithful or if it happened to one of my friends, I would have been like, well, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to stay with them? And, you know, when you get down to it, it's like, well, what am I going to do? You know, here it is. It's happening. How, how mm-hmm. am I going to choose to handle this? Um, and you can, even if we didn't stay together, you know, are you going to choose to forgive this person? Or are you going to sit there and be bitter about it for the rest of your life? Because um, we are connected for the rest of our lives. Yeah, what's that? They say, I mean, there's a cost to forgiveness. Like, if you choose to forgive, you're giving up the right 
to get revenge or to get some sort of justice in a way or mm-hmm. something. There's a cost. There's a sacrifice. Now, obviously, nobody has really ever sacrificed as much as Jesus, I would say. Um, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty accurate statement there. Um, <laughs> but there, there's a cost, and especially in this culture, especially given the climate our, our American culture currently is right now, um, it just does not seem like that cost is an appreciated or a respected thing. It's almost perceived as weakness if you don't come out ahead. And what Kelly and I are trying to do with our story, with our attempt to rebuild our marriage, with our, our effort in the modern testament, we're trying to make it okay to be as screwed up as we are we're trying to make it okay to be vulnerable and honest mm-hmm. and broken and and realize that everybody has gone through something similar or something with, with as big of effects in their lives as you're going through. Maybe it's a little bit different, but there's somebody else who's already been through it, and there's somebody else who's just starting to go through it. And we have this network of people all over the world, let alone all over the country too, that all feel so isolated and alone in their struggles. But just like you'd mentioned, the vulnerability and the willingness to be open in a safe way can really make lasting connections. And much like those testimonies gave me hope that I could start living an honest life to Kelly, just think what your testament could do. Think what our testament could do if it was given the right platform to reach as many people as possible. And so that's what we're trying to do with our site, The Modern Testament. It just really got, I mean, I guess the idea came about because something had, something good had to come from all of this horror. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we actually thought about it when we were at the intensive and we just realized the power of people sharing their testimonies, their stories, their journeys. And um, it can really just bring so much hope and comfort and I think you came up, you looked at when you had bought the domain, domain and it was it was the same, I think it was the same week that we were at the intensive, and he came up with it all the way, that name, all the way bef- back then, so, you know, eight months ago, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, it was a pretty instant, instant yeah. realization. It just clicked. Yeah, so uh, like... Could you explain a bit about like what uh, what uh, your website is, um, what it does, and mm-hmm. things like that? The the tagline that I like to tell people is: We discover God in the Old Testament, and we are saved by Jesus's sacrifice in the New Testament. So let's share with each other how the Holy Spirit is continuing to live within us at the Modern Testament, and what it is. If you've ever heard of the website medium.com, it's kind of a long form, um, kind of like a blogging slash social network. Um, It's indicative that especially the millennial generation is kind of going back to a longer form, more substantial um, uh, medium of of communication. Um, The vanity of the Facebook and the Instagrams and it's not going away anytime soon, but there is a void that's created with that. So what we're trying to do, and we're, we're getting uh, pretty headstrong into the development already, is to create a platform 
for people to journal their life stories from the highs to the lows and literally create your, your own analogous book of the Bible in a way that, you know, there'll be chapters. Um, we're even putting in like a verse structure too. And we're not saying any of this is canonical or, or, or you know, we're not heretics or anything like that, but we're trying to... And then a young man named Mormon writes his own book. <laughs> <laughs> had I, had I yeah. thought about that before this happened, I would have used that in my argument for the verse. Thing. Yeah, I guess so. We have some disagreements on yeah. some of this. My name is uh, Joe Smith. I'm here to talk about some stuff that I was told. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just think of the South Park episode. Yeah. <laughs> Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> oh, we just found oh. a kindred spirit. Yeah. Oh, oh, gosh. So, anyway, um, moving from that, how do I segue from that? You, you don't. You don't. We just leave. Yeah. We'll just accept we just it and it move on. Yeah, we'll just accept it and move on. So, um, do you guys what, like stuff? I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like lots of stuff. Actually, we're trying to minimalize a little bit. We saw a documentary on Netflix. It's fantastic. Um, But... Um, but what the whole point of it is, is it's trying to connect people who need help to those who can help, whether mm-hmm. it be discovering other users that can provide, you know, life lessons or, or lessons learned, um, who have been through what you've been through or more formally by having, um, like an indexed, uh, I guess, database of, um, churches and licensed therapists and support groups and even life groups um, within your immediate area with all these different filters as far as gender and and um, age range and all that. We're trying to make it easier to find people in an honest, supportive way um, and to network those people together so that we can start building a network of believers, a network of support to encourage the honesty, encourage the openness, and start kind of redefining what it means to have, um, uh, I guess, online connections in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like I said before, there's so much vanity now. And I was even listening to Caleb not too uh, earlier this week, and there's some sort of psychological study that says those who quit Facebook for a week sleep better, and they're not as depressed, and they have higher energy, you know, but I a, think <laughs> we have a phrase for that around here: anima technica vacua. Right, Luke? Mm-hmm. That sounds fancy. It, oh, it is. Oh, it is. <laughs> it's um, it's an idea by this Catholic, by a German Catholic priest. I think that he is a German guy oh, called no, 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 he's Swedish. He's from Switzerland. So it's whatever. Anyways, his name is Hans von Balthasar, and uh, he basically coined this term about it's um, about the soulless void of a technology. So there's a whole thought behind it, but we've already um, I got into it. But yeah, but it really does like speak to just how when that becomes your main thing of what you're always doing, it's just empty and mm-hmm. it's pointless, and it basically like degrades the uh, human person. And exactly, we're all stuck in it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so the challenge in doing anything like this online is how do you make people feel safe? How do you protect mm-hmm. people from the likes of trolls and all that? And, and we've, we're trying to think about communication differently than the standard, you know, status comment kind of thread that we're now used to. You know, mm-hmm. as you publish your chat, as you publish the chapters of your book, there's no comment sections 
for people to reply on. Um, there are going to be really advanced um, uh, security settings to control who can read your story, um, who can even message you, um, and then you can even do things like post under an anonymous name or under your first name or under your full name, whatever you feel confident with. And there's, you know, I can go on and on about the different things that we're trying to integrate here, but it's all about providing a safe haven for people to kind of bear their soul in a supportive way that isn't, you don't necessarily go here to be, to post pictures about your, the food, food oh or your workout selfies or anything like that. It's legitimately great intended. Great as they may be. Yeah, great as they may be, but we will <laughs> never, <laughs> we will never beat Facebook at that. Facebook kind of has that market cornered. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's, it's, it's just striking a different tone to encourage people um, to say, hey, there are other people out there who feel mm-hmm. just as alone, who feel just as shameful, just as guilty, or are having going through a good time and, and being on the other end of it. Well, also, I think it's important to point out that people might think that we're a little crazy for being so candid about um, our our story, and it's it's messy, and it's you know it's now it's it's public, um, mm-hmm. it's on a website, um, and well, aren't you worried your kids are going to see this one day? I'm like, well, no, because part of the plan is to be open and broken to your children as well. So no, I'm not going to tell my daughter when she's five, hey, guess what mommy did? Oh, guess what daddy did? You know, mm-hmm. it's not like that. It's um, when they're old enough, um, you give them, you know, an, an appropriate, age-appropriate version of what happened. And, you know, you have to be honest with not just with your spouse, but with your family as well, um, you know, and that's part of the importance. But if you don't want to share, if you just, even if you're not anonymous on there, you can have, you can have it be private. So it's not necessarily, um, it has that other side of it that, that a Facebook wouldn't have. And, and I think that really kind of targets to what we're trying to do with it is that, you know, we look at, Currently, uh, one-third of all millennials don't associate with any religion whatsoever. And those that are remain are slowly kind of dwindling away from Christianity. Um, mm-hmm. I saw one stat that it's projected by 2050 that the U.K., 50% of people won't be associated with any religion. And what, what you, you contrast that with, you know, all these studies are like, all oh, millennials are these and millennials are those and all that. Um, but that more was, than anything, that was a creepy voice. you like that, especially with the, with the, <laughs> the rap I got going on. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was not, great. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Make sure you clip that one. That'll be the intro. Um, um, but too late. yeah, <laughs> millennials are, are looking and as an older millennial myself, they're looking for an, an experiential, uh, genuineness, a transparency and honesty. And I think the church is seeing church as an organization, Catholic, Protestant, whatever, church as an organization is struggling with that because there's still so much of the old guard where you kind of put up your, you know, put up your defenses, you practice kind of what Kelly alluded to earlier, but you're not necessarily out there evangelizing. You're not in in a way um, kind of like Paul would frequently reference just how far off he had gone and and his whole story from when he was Saul pre-Paul Saul to, uh, Better call Paul. And, 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 you know, persecuting, <laughs> persecuting uh, Christians to then 
coming around. And it's those type of voices that can be the most powerful when they're transparent, when they're honest, when they're like, hey, I've, I was not perfect. I have not ever been perfect. I never will be perfect. And these are mm-hmm. just, this is just a genuine thing that happened to me. But this is how God came into my life. This is how I changed because of that. That's going to that's going to resonate, especially with this younger generation, more than any other scripture class, more than any other um, retreat or study. It's the honest goodness experience. Um, I think that's going to draw people in, and we're hoping to encourage that with a platform like this. Do you ever get nervous about like like a, that voyeuristic tendency of people who, you know? Um, like, I don't know if you've ever been around people who, the classic oversharer, where mm-hmm. the it's not about the therapy of, or the, the, the beauty that comes with sharing your brokenness with someone else who accepts you, and the I'm not alone. It's this experience of, of going out and seeking, you know what I mean? Like, where they put their brokenness on display, like kind of like a, like a pity party kind of thing. Well, or like when people put their, um, I mean, they literally write like an article and post it in a Facebook post. And it's just, I didn't really need to know that. Um, (laughs) I mean, we certainly did not do that. Um, But we kind of had to overshare sometimes because some of our things were kind of public and we just had to own it. You know, we just Mm -hmm. had to be like, all right, this happened. But it, it is a fear of mine. There are some people that, don't even associate it with us anymore. Um, um, but as far, as far as other users coming onto the site and kind of uh, commercializing isn't the right word, but kind of taking advantage of that platform, that's something that I, honestly I think we're going to learn as we go along. Um, but I, I hope, I'm praying that the strength of this is that it's not meant to be a social network. It's more meant to be a support network. So you're not going to be on here just to kind of twiddle hours away and scroll through feeds and figure out what state you're supposed to live in. It's more about like going there and and making more genuine connections to people. So if there is somebody out there that's just that's putting a kind of seeking that, um, maybe that won't draw as many people to that story and. Uh, there's got to be a way for the genuineness to come across and what people think are writing. This is like a say, if. If there is ever a place to overshare, I would feel, I would think that this would be the platform because you, if you're going to go to this site and you're going to get, you know, its full benefit, um, you're going to want to be honest because you don't have to tell who you are. You can, you can be anonymous. Um, so there's mm-hmm. no, there's really no risk um, yeah. associated in that way. So if you're going to overshare, this is the place to do it, and it's probably the way that you would get the most benefit. Right. Gotcha. So. Yeah, just don't. Yeah, and, it, and it's all about what you're comfortable with, and yeah, no, nobody's forcing you to do anything. And there's no profile really, like that you have to put like a bio mm-hmm. in, and you have to add this and this. So, what what I like about it as well is that you guys have like it's it's um, it's not just about hey, tell us your story, but it's also like um, here's where you're able to go to find help. Here's the uh, support groups. Here are the churches. Here's the oh whatever, and I, and I think that that really speaks to the therapeutic nature of our faith, mm-hmm. you know, and how I think a lot of times that uh, we tend to ignore that um, like there are things we have to to uh, find healing 
at times. It's not like God's not a wizard who's like, and now you're healed, shh, and everything's fine. You know, right. he's he's not like Tinkerbell. Right. Um, so, God is not Tinkerbell. Hashtag Luke. He does not have those legs. Um, <laughs> uh, in my modern testament, he is. Uh, oh, there you go. There you sorry. go. You might need a different kind of help than uh, <laughs> what we provide. That's why I have a Disney has my credit card. Uh, oh, that is really cool. Um, well, you guys, I'm I'm just trying to think of other questions, but this is like you guys like. Um, oh, you nailed is it. Is it too much? Awesome. Is it too much? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no what, I, what I wanted to say is, uh, if Luke will let me have a damn second, uh, what I would want to. Say... <laughs> Anyways, guys, this is really good. <laughs> no, I want to say like uh, I love the fact that you're not trying to make like here's a newsfeed of brokenness. You know, like these are. Uh, you can see stories. Um, you have like a map on your on the homepage, and this is more about like number one, getting it out of you, right? I think is mm-hmm. is very important for a lot of people. Like just saying the words, you know, like about affairs, adultery, uh, pornography abuse, physical abuse. Like this is the situation I'm in. Uh, we have um, I have some friends that work with women's shelters, and just getting women to talk about it overcomes so much shame that they're able to get help. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so our, uh, the biggest thing is that culture of shame. I don't know if you heard about, there's this Twitter hashtag thing that was, um, why I stayed. And all these women would write like the reasons why they stayed. Well, I didn't want my kids to grow up without a father. I didn't want this. I didn't want that. And, um, and so you have these, these stories. Well, when people start sharing stuff like that, uh, it becomes kind of an amazing experience when people are like, well, that's my excuse. And then you're like, yeah, but it didn't change. Like, it didn't get better. It, it was worse. And that's, that's why I had to leave that, uh, you know, violent situation or whatever it was. And people are able to provide, like, uh, a reality check for people, comfort to people that otherwise just, just wouldn't be there. Uh, I, I'm always afraid of people who still need more healing end up immediately running to become an expert. Like, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd myself, and uh, the the ladies never loved me. I, I don't have a high paying job, but uh, <laughs> in my in my nerdiness, um, there's this guy named Merlin Mann. He's this productivity guy, and he, just Merlin, all huh? Merlin mm-hmm. Mann, who's from Cincinnati. Right. Yeah, he um, he's an Apple commentator. He has a bunch of amazing podcasts. But anyway, he when you listen to him. You feel like the next day you're going to go out and start a business where you're a productivity consultant. And I know people <laughs> who, after I've, like, introduced it to them, they will start making all these Facebook posts about, like, what you need to do is adopt the, you know, and it's like this thing of, like, you're. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually talking about, you see that, I, I've seen it in more than one occasion. So um, part of, I think part of the maturity of a system like this would come in letting people know that they're still that they still have like that time to grieve. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you you receive a hurt or or you commit the hurt, whatever it is. And then there's still these times of like don't you don't have to rush to tell your story. Listen to other people's stories. Listen to especially those more mature stories where people have, you know, been through hell and kept going and came out, right? And mm-hmm. I think that could be a a huge benefit of of calling people out of 
uh, you know, rushing in and, and always wanting to just share their side of things and being able to listen, having this website be a place where you can come and listen and benefit from, you know, those older couples who 10 years ago, they went through something similar and this is how they saw their way out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know firsthand that, you know, there's the strength of shame, the strength of sin resides in the shadows. So when nobody knows, when she didn't know what I was getting away with, then it just allowed me to get away with more. It allowed me to compartmentalize easier. And bringing this stuff to the light, if you do it in a responsible manner, can really have a profound impact on your life. It really can. Uh, there's like no prize at the at the end of life for like, hey, you hid this for the longest time. Here's your a Chipotle coupon. way to go does does Chipotle in heaven also have an E. coli problem or not (laughs) yes it's weird Um, (laughs) surprisingly yes yeah no but like and just as I um, yeah and like the the idea to like be open to other people kind of like with uh, on what you're saying about about really trying to take the time to read and you know just um, hear where other people are like that's where hope comes in you know, and like that's where like the church is being the church as a community of, of believers that is that are is our I have no idea. Uh, it's it's you know eleven thirty here. Um, <laughs> uh, starting to build up the body of Christ. You know, and that's yeah. really cool. So I I I think that what you guys um, are doing here is I, I think that it is fantastic. It's really cool that you're being so open about what God has, like what he has done and what he's currently doing in your lives. Was it too much? Did we share? Too, no. Did we no. overshare? No, 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 like, listen, we talk <laughs> no, about No, we our, go way farther. No, we go way farther. Yeah. <laughs> our <laughs> no, show is for the broken. If I'm being honest, Brad's has listened to many more of your podcasts than I have had a chance to. So yeah. I oh. have two kids and any moment of silence is... It's it's cherished. Like, hey, you don't want to hear our like. I don't want to hear anybody's. <laughs> I don't get it. We have a whole episode on uh, things that like you know could interest you. Like um, I'm drawing a blank, but still, there's probably some stuff in like the 75 episodes. There may be one thing. You know? <laughs> uh, it's basically just just an excuse for us just to hang out and talk and. Well, you guys right. are very good at it. <laughs> Luke, how did you first hear about them? So I heard about it through my buddy Paul, who I think went, you went to grad school with Paul? Correct. We got our MBA from the same place. Cool. Yeah. University of North Carolina, Tar Heels. Boo. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm converting to the big blue nation, though. Go blue. Go blue. <laughs> Boo. Uh, UK fans <laughs> are the worst. Sorry. I'm just kidding. That's not true. I'm, I'm an Ohio State fan who's also the worst. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Gilmer's acting like he like um, he knows about sports. He has no idea. No, not a clue. It's Once okay. a nerd, I stayed a nerd, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sad. All right. So yeah. So and Paul introduced me uh, as well. So then I started listening to some of the podcasts, especially the first episode where you guys talked about being some white. 30-somethings, I'm like, hey, I just turned 30, and I'm white, too, so sounds like a <laughs> This podcast is for me. <laughs> yeah, completely. Well, and you yeah. guys are very specific. If, if, if you're looking for this, then this podcast is not for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, this is not a car. This is not a car. This is not a podcast for um, 
for soccer moms. As much as they might like love us, and we and we uh, and we love all of them back. Uh, that sounds weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to have this on in the car with kids. We should probably cut that one out of the edit. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fine. Nope. <laughs> don't worry, they're not listening. <laughs> yeah. No, my wife isn't listening. We have so many people at my church that come up to me all the time. They're like. Hey, I just discovered your podcast, and I. Oh I, no! Exactly. Nice. That's the first thing I say is, "Oh, oh no!" You oh, guys try no. so hard. <laughs> well, Luke nice. does. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um at this one. So uh, I was at this one thing for college kids, and like we usually curse a um a lot more, and uh. I um I had to give some talk thing and I talk about how how I had a podcast and this really nice sweet girl uh, came up to me and she goes I love podcasts what what is what is the name <laughs> of yours I could just tell that like she would be horrified I was like oh you're not gonna like it <laughs> and like, kinda, like, it's not for why. you <laughs> yeah and she's like oh yeah I mean there's a lot that that I listen to anyways <laughs> and I was like yeah mm-hmm. it's probably good. <laughs> <laughs> no. You immediately judged her, and probably no. directly. <laughs> oh, sweetheart! Uh, the name of my sh- <laughs> yeah. protecting her from yeah, <clears throat> yeah. from us. You have a, yeah, you have a long skirt and uh, not a whole lot of makeup. So I'm gonna guess this isn't gonna go over well. <laughs> <laughs> a long skirt and not a wow. whole. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So what you mean by that is a homeschooler? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, shoot. There, there, there's our target market with the with the site. So I guess we're just not gonna, yeah. this. This is awkward. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> we ruined it. Oh. We've done it. That took five minutes. <laughs> oh shoot! That's awesome. Well, just just do just do this. So you'll we'll publish the episode. You'll listen to it, and then you'll say, "Wow, this really won't help our program." Let's not tell any of our friends that, uh, that we were on the show. And then we will just publish it to the same eight people, including Luke's Aunt D, uh, who hey, listened hey, to D. our show. So it'll be great. Well, it'll be great. Well, yeah. Aunt, well, Aunt D, I expect you to go to moderntestament.org, and there's a little email sign up there. And I better see, uh, see Aunt D come through on that sign-up sheet. So I'm that's looking her, forward to it. That's her legal name, too. We had her, hey, we had her change D. it. Yeah. Aunt D. <laughs> we had her change <laughs> it cost it cost me a fortune, but it was worth it. It was worth it. Totally <laughs> worth it. The joke still stands. Seventy <laughs> something episodes. So closing remarks. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you have anything, Luke, that you want to kind of send us off with, Luke? Some words of wisdom that, uh, that you're so known for. I was gonna do a quote from Varsity Blues, but now I'm not. Oh, I um, love that movie. You know, Brad has never seen that movie. I have not. You've never saw Varsity Blues. Oh no, my man. gosh, you no. are. You have we. We're gonna. I have it on VHS. <laughs> I was too. I was too busy practicing my drum solos. I, I didn't. I didn't have any time to watch Varsity Blues. One reason. Why I don't I want your life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the fat guy died. The big guy. Uh, yeah, I heard about Bob. that. Billy Bob. Yes, he sure did. He lost a lot of weight, and then he died. I think. Oh, see, Man. that's why you don't want to lose weight. That's, that's exactly. a lot of work. There you go. That'll be my, yeah. my excuse later in life. <laughs> yeah. I didn't Bob lose died. the weight, so I wouldn't die. <laughs> I didn't want to die. <laughs> yeah. Look what happened to this guy. <laughs> Here's <laughs> one case. <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> Pass the ice cream. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. Um, well, actually, you know who who um, also died for that film is Paul Walker. I forgot yes. that he was in that. Yes, he that was, was in his. Yes, yeah, he was. He's the, he's the quarterback guy who got hurt. Mm-hmm. So oh, you're right. 
you know who you know who also passed away um john or james vanderbeek's career also passed away oh, <laughs> come on boy james vanderbeek yeah he's coming back in meme form oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of memes with his what face on What was he in it. recently, though, where he... Um, I don't know. I was, was it with you and I, or was it something that I just watched on my own? But he was just a weirdo on it, whatever it was. So yeah. it's not important. You can anyway. scratch what I just said. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, always, I confuse him with Zach Morris. Anyone else do that? Oh, no. How do you confuse you him with Zach that. Morris? That's no ridiculous. Yeah, that's totally absurd. different. Yeah. Hey, okay, if, if... stop ganging up on me, guys. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I'm a Saved by the Bell diehard. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, so here's a here's a great here's a really cool story. Um, my um, my um, uh, my wife may have party. <laughs> Who's with that lady? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, like she just she just like um, walked in the hallway. So I was like, should I tell the story? Uh, we're going for it. She may have partied with a C Slater. <gasps> mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Well, Mar- mm-hmm. Mario Lopez. Good looking um, man. Yeah. Yes, he is. I think he still looks the same. Yeah. He, he does. Literally they all kind of do. I mean, Hollywood will do that to I mean, him and uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who I used to mm-hmm. love. Can't imagine Kelly why. Kelly Oh, oh man. Going down memory lane mm-hmm. here. Okay. Sorry, I, I was you. more of the Lisa Turtle fan club. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Speaking of, like, She, she never a got um, much play, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's tough. She no. was in high school high. That f- no wait high school high it was the f- it was about it was it was a college film so not about high school with method okay I'm now I don't know why I'm going on on this me either Luke me tangent. either yeah um, do, do you, you have what, like okay. fifteen Lisa Turtles DVD DVDs like stashed somewhere that nobody knows about <laughs> wouldn't no. that be so creepy my wife is like <laughs> what are you doing with all these it's Lisa Turtle. I know, honey. I know. You have a room that only you can get into. Like you have a special lock on it. And she's like, "What's what's in there?" Like that's my private room. She breaks in, and it's like this altar with the CDs and all that. It's Shrine de Lisa. <laughs> Is that why you call me Lisa sometimes? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, that was too much. No, but it was accurate. It was accurate. Okay. <laughs> um, do you want to know what uh, TV show I saw? I don't know how, but I did that. Like I forgot about it completely. It was about it was about a guy. This was on in the eighties. I think it was a spinoff from Golden Girls. A guy who was a doctor and like his roommates. Anyone? No. Oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The the guy with the white hair. He lived yeah, in Florida yes. and he lived right next door to the Golden Girls. Like I think yes. they matched a couple episodes. Yes, I saw that show on TV. I forgot about it. What was that show? They meshed episodes, so it was like Chicago Fire oh and Chicago gosh. Med That's and Chicago Justice level. and you Chicago PD before all that. You cannot compare something that Betty White and Rue McClanahan, I can never say her name, you cannot oh. put them on the same level as uh, the Chicago cult. <laughs> yeah, Chicago cult. <laughs> my, wife, my wife is a committed <laughs> member of that cult. Oh, gosh, sorry. I totally just offended her. You know what? I'll be honest. Sometimes I get sucked in, but just, just on hopes that there will mm. be better acting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... What was the last? Uh, what was the last? Um, like last uh, TV show that everyone um, uh, been watched, or that everybody watched on? Binge yeah, like, like what was the last TV show that everybody like binged on? Does Netflix count? Or are yeah, you talking yeah, like yeah. TV? Okay, I gotta say we're we're kind of catching up on Veep from HBO. 
Um, that's pretty funny. That's pretty hilarious. We're big Curb Your Enthusiasm fans, so it's kind of that, that show. line a little bit. Um, let's see. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. We benched that pretty hard. But you mean like all of America would know what you're talking about? Kind of oh, like yeah. everybody okay, knows yeah. about uh, Say by the Bell and if you don't, or Varsity Blues and if you don't. It's just weird. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I know of them. I know of them. But sure, so like, what did you sure. watch in high school then? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd say that's it. We're, we're, we're currently going through Veep right now. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it, that's pretty uh, highly recommended. I'm a house of cards because my other, because there's like two things in life that you shouldn't talk about if you don't want to offend somebody, religion and politics. And those are the two things I like to talk about more than anything else. So <laughs> I guess, you are 100% right. I am 100% right. I'm like one of those people that, Oh, we're that a little bit. He's hundred percent right. That's true. And we're a little bit late to church because I'm catching up on like George Stephanopoulos and you know ABC Sunday morning or something like that. Service usually. Oh, it's getting real. It's getting. I usually work on the weekends, and he's. I was like, oh, how was church today? Not trying to like prod or anything. I just ask about your day and. He's like, oh, we didn't. We just made it to Sunday school, and you know, we didn't make it to the first service. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, now I know. I plead the fifth. <laughs> now I know. Too late. Uh, what about you, Gilmer? Oh, man. My wife is binging on Longmire right now. Oh, good my, one. My dad, like, yeah. is obsessed with that. I yeah. love that one. Yeah, and I, I've, not, I've only seen one episode. It was a good episode. I liked it, but uh, I would rather. Uh, so this is, oh, man, what TV show? Uh I can't say that I binged any TV show recently, but I, I have binged something. Are you ready for this? Oh, boy. A podcast called Hardcore History. Oh, that is so good. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Uh, I, everyone should listen to Blueprint for Print Armageddon. Armageddon. Blueprint yep. to Armageddon. It's the story of World War I. It is incredible. Each episode is three to four hours long. There are six <sighs> episodes. And well, I, I have that kind of time. I listen, listen, listen. You make time for World War One. All right, the Battle of Marne will change your life. Wow, it's where J.R. Tolkien got them. Oh man, Brad really likes that that drunk history show. Have you guys ever watched that? On Comedy Central. Yeah, so that just reminded me of that. But this sounds a little bit more sophisticated. Well, it's a it's a guy who's not a historian, but who loves history. And he is really good. He, you know, he'll, he'll just nerd out over one subject, and then he'll pull all of the, this just one storyline together. Where, uh, you know, he's just you really do like with this story in particular. You really do have sympathy for the German side, for the Russians, for the Serbians. Like you never talk about the Ottoman Empire. You have you. He gives you all this great insight into a lot of the stuff. And I listen to. Um, so six episodes, three and a half, four and a half hours long. I listened to it in about forty-eight hours. Nice. Oh and I gosh. and I and I have four kids and work two jobs, so <laughs> I made the time. Four <laughs> kids. Oh my! And the oldest is six. Oh wow. my gosh! I have God bless you, man. He, oh he has gosh. with four he needs kids. More than God's blessing. Gosh! I need your money. So for right now, <laughs> at the low low price of nineteen ninety five. But wait, there's more. Yeah. No, that's it. Just the money. If you call <laughs> right now, yeah. I will ask you for more money. <laughs> <laughs> Taking um. more, press one. Oh, shoot. Um. I've been ill for the past like two weeks, and so I've just been watching tons of YouTube clips of, of The Simpsons. 
<laughs> oh, if my wife, if you were to ask what is what is my husband binge watching, she would roll her eyes, probably spit uh, it, it, her tobacco out in one of those spittoon <laughs> things uh, out of out of pure rage, and then you're say, not painting a great picture here. No, she is. She is. She is dirty. She's just one woman. She's one wow, this woman. podcast is really getting interesting. Now. I know, I know. She is but, dirty. But what, what, what? She hates that I watch all the time. Now I watch YouTube clips or YouTube segments, you know, of uh, also known as videos. Uh, YouTube videos <laughs> of of van conversions into tiny houses. Is that not the most niche of all niche? Like, oh, look, honey, they took a school bus from the 60s and turned it into a mobile apartment. And my wife is like, I, how did this happen? And I'm like, I don't know. I think I want to get away. How many of those can you actually watch, though, until it just becomes... Please tell me there's like a million views on these videos. Some of them, there is, you know, a good five, I'm like six thousand. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, on that Sprinter, good five, six thousand. The Mercedes Sprinter conversion van is uh, is an excellent vehicle <laughs> to turn into a what tiny What would house. I even search to find this? Like you Van van life? Uh, van to apartment? Van life. Tiny house? Why does Gomer have no friends? <laughs> 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 Well, hey, honey, if the if the site doesn't work out, we then... can convert vans yeah. into apartments, well, or we could just live in a van, oh. obviously. So, and you yeah. can go down by the river. Yep, oh. in your nice decked out van. Yeah, Uh-oh. I'm telling you guys, nice, that's a nice closing loop there because Chris Farley, mm-hmm. Brad Farley, Kelly Farley. Go. It's like it's, things did not turn out well for him, though. No, it did not. No, because yeah, like, he lost weight stuff. again. No. <laughs> oh. There you go. There it is. With him, it was quite the opposite. I know. It really was. (sighs) Well, if I may, if you want a feel-good, easy, like-to-watch, short kind of thing, I like The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I think that is hilarious. (laughs) Me and my wife are... My, um, Aaron... Oh, my wife is obsessed with that, but I'm, I enjoy it as well. That and Jane of the Virgin. I'm surprised by how much I I like Jane of the Virgin. I haven't watched that. Is Is it funny? Yeah, it's like, I mean... The telenovela. Um, yeah, it's oddly compelling. I don't know why. I uh, so uh, We have friends who are like, oh my gosh, I heard so-and-so watch the un-whatever Kimmy Schmidt. And they were like dogging it, like this is this godless heathen show. And oh I, I watched season one, and I thought it was hilarious. I never got it into season two. It is hilarious. It is so funny. I think I think I was to the point of tears one time laughing at, I mean, it was it was when they got into their character, but you didn't know I was laughing so hard. But Season two kind of goes off the rails a little bit, in my yeah, personal so I, opinion. Yeah, but, so I haven't uh, seen that yeah. one, but yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Orange is the New Black, where it just kind of started to get real. I mean, if you want a godless heathen show, there it is. Yeah. But, um, that what are you talking about? There are God God fearing people like the oh wait that lady murders abortion. <laughs> oh, well, there's like, the, like there's Pennsylvania. The, no, yeah, though she's, she's not good. There's the um, nun that's in there that doesn't know anything about her Catholic faith. Never mind. But she, so. um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's but it just got bad. So I mean, I haven't even wanted to know what happened because yeah, it just too. got it just got bad. So it just got yeah boring. That's what I mean by bad. I wonder how many people are listening to the podcast right now and listening to us, and they're like, uh, oh, yeah, like, yeah, this this podcast is probably going the same route. <laughs> we did a whole episode on how we were so pumped for Star Wars, and like people have been like, I don't know why, but I listen because I just like to listen to you. So they listen to us talk about it. We, we We did a whole episode on a Game of Thrones, and people oh. still listen who don't even like watch the show. We just It was just us 
talk about <laughs> after we recorded another podcast. We just <laughs> released it. Hey, when you got so, gold, you got gold. Yeah. <laughs> we call it the Catching Foxes bump. So be prepared. <laughs> Back up your back end of the website because uh, there you go. you're about to get a million uh, broken Roman Catholics <laughs> knocking on your door. So long as Aunt Dee's one of them. That's all I care about. <laughs> oh, sweet Aunt Dee. Yeah. Sweet Aunt Dee. Although I would say Aunt Dee is uh, Anglican. She'd be mad if I identified her. No, she'd be mad. But I am not Roman Catholic, Luke. You get on that podcast and you <laughs> yeah. tell them can- you tell Canterbury's for me. <laughs> No, Auntie just actually created a cool Instagram account. They bought a house out in France. It's about her to travel down France. She's cool. awesome. That sounded really dumb. I apologize. I'm going to stop. Boo, Lou. Okay, it, was, it was a fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that about Auntie. I love her. I know. Auntie is great. See? Well, You're hey, ladies fun. and gentlemen, I want to thank you for <laughs> listening to this. Luke, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Stuff, I, I'm not okay, going to lie. All that stuff isn't going to be edited out. No, no. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. I wish all that stuff was in the beginning. I wish we could have humanized ourselves before we dove into the the nitty-gritty. Yeah, good point. See, here I I thought we were just having conversation. It was like, oh, getting to know you. But no, for real, it's going to be, I did not know that. Well, I might edit something. That's okay. You know, you do. I mean, it's not like I haven't overshared already. Really, all it's going to be is a loop of you saying you watch Orange is the New Black, and then I'm going to send it. To all your religious <laughs> friends back home. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> Ooh, that makes me feel nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, that's a good, like, note to, um, we should just start every interview we do now with, like, what are you watching, as opposed to, because we, we don't know how to interview people if you can't tell. We're just like, so, tell us about stuff. I think yeah. an interview would be awkward. Um, yeah. I, I think you should just let it go, let that go. Yeah. Yeah. I think you did all right. Thank you. We like to make it about us. Yeah.